Welcome to the FICM Learning Podcast. My name is Gareth Thomas and today I'm joined by Dr Ricky Bell as well and I'm really delighted to be joined by Dr Daniel Bryden and Dr Jack Parry-Jones from the Faculty of Intensive Care. So I'm Ricky Bell, I'm a renal and intensive care consultant from Leicester. So I'm Danny Bryden, I'm the new Dean of the Faculty. Um, Previously I was the Vice Dean um, during the pandemic um, and I work in adult intensive care medicine in Sheffield. Uh, thanks, Danny. And um, I'm Jack Perry jones I'm an adult intensive care consultant in Cardiff. Um, I previously worked as a consultant in some other health boards. Um, and uh, as part of my role for the, as vice dean, I also chair the small specialist units advisory group. And I'm very pleased to support Danny as, as the vice dean. Thank you very much to all of you for Um, for joining us. So the topic of this podcast and the reason for it is, if anybody hasn't seen the recent announcements, the Faculty of Intensive Care Medicine is um, pursuing the path to becoming an independent college, separate from the Royal College um, of Anaesthetists, which from what I can gather has been been a long long time in the the making. Um, And we ourselves as a faculty and as a specialty in the UK are fairly new um, in the grand scheme of things with lots of other Royal Colleges that have been around for a lot of a longer time. I think the first thing to to talk about is why are we changing from becoming a faculty to becoming a college? I think the first thing to say is that although it potentially feels new for some people it's it's never really not been a stated aim so if you go to the faculty website and you'll see a statement from Julian Bean, who was the very first dean about the creation of the faculty and he very much made the point that the faculty wasn't an end point in itself it was a starting point in the progression of our specialty so our view and the faculty board's view and thankfully the view of all our parent colleges is we've been a faculty not as an end point, but but making a series of steps towards an independent college. And there's now a recognition that now is the right time for us to start progressing down further down that road to becoming coming a, a college. So it, it probably does feel like a surprise for some people, but but it's not really. It's just a, an iterative process. I think there's a there's a sort of broad political you might call them aims to become a college and then there are the then then there's the opposite side of that is the much more personal level about becoming a college and uh, I was very struck recently um, by one of my by by a colleague on the board actually who's a who's an intensivist but with a with a non-anesthetic background and he he when he was on the board he comes to the board it's housed in the college of royal college of anesthesia but he says it's not it's not his home it's it doesn't feel like his home college and i think as the as we get as we sort of as the group of of intensivists gets bigger and the number of those or the percentage of those with a non-anesthetic background grows they need to feel that personally that it's that they have a college of their own and I, I think that sort of personal feeling that this is your college or our college is is so important. Yeah, identification matters these days, doesn't it? We we need to 
to have a sense of belonging very much. And I think, again, the, the pandemic experience uh, has disrupted a lot of people's views of the world and their place within the world and, and professional relationships. And, and so the, the time just feels right for us to say, well, we've been working towards this. We now need to say that that, that need for identity, that need for belonging really needs to be, be brought to fruition. Um, so, so yeah, there's the general, as, as you're the personal, as Jack says, and there's also the general. So I think Jack's alluded to the political importance of us being a college, and and that's not to say that we haven't achieved things in our time as the faculty and are not intending to continue to do so. It's just that there is something about the profile of a college in terms of external agencies so when you think about organizations outside the nhs or you think about other professional organizations that we interact with again although we're as a faculty we're a member of the academy of medical royal colleges people perceive that that a college is something more than a faculty particularly those external stakeholders. So it's about being trusted, authoritative, professional. We know we're doing all of those things already. We know that's what, what we are as a profession, but it's about how other people perceive us as a profession. So that I think that's really important. And I think for us, again, going with that is the fact that whilst, and in Jack's book, alluded to this fantastically in the past so I might leave him to, to talk a little bit about it but it's our physical age how old we are and what that means in terms of our growth and development our, our teenage years but we do need to start determining our own decisions and make our own autonomous decisions without that concept of parent colleges um, because that means that we can do things with our own governance in much more quickly and perhaps be more responsive in a way that people would like us to be that we we can't do currently as a, as a faculty because we have additional steps and to go through and additional hurdles to cross and i think again for me the idea for the future and very much building for the future because we see this as building for the future is the fact that we want to be progressive we want to say intensive care has come a long way this is what it was but let's look to the future and let's all decide what is it going to be in the future and what do we want that college to look like to represent what we want intensive care medicine as a medical specialty and as a profession to be in the future um no thanks danny i mean the I think the. I mean, I have when, when I was a when I first became a consultant. Um, I was, I suppose, I was less uh, had less patience, and, and I I wrote something in two thousand and four, an editorial in two thousand and four, basically saying why aren't we uh, independent already? So this is um, well eighteen years ago, and I I've changed a lot over that the next eighteen years. I I think I'm more patient. And um, I understand, I think, better uh, when you're when you're coming, when you're looking at this or when I looked at this when I was younger, I want I want an outcome. Uh, I want us to be a, a college um, uh, and I want that as the outcome. But actually, this is a process. It's a process and um, uh, and it needs structure. And then you that leads on to the outcome. And I, I think I I I hope I understand that better. But I think that's sort of accumulated or culminated now in the fact that I think now is the time that for us to become a college. It's still a process though. It's not gonna happen overnight. 
and we need to still there's still processes to go through there's still structures that we need to um strengthen and then i mean the big reason for doing it really is it's around as danny said really it's about trust and respect and then a, a college status gives you uh, more credibility and then more influence um and we need to we we need the credibility as a as a, a specialty uh, to influence what how we th see things um how or how they should develop um and you know intensive care is an absolute backbone of 21st century medicine in much it, much greater than it was when the specialty really started uh and um you know we have had you know although the faculties um well it's 12 years old now the uh, intensive care as a specialty dates back a lot longer than that and um uh, I, th I think people would would see that you know it took anesthesia a long time to become a college but I don't think that should be the yardstick against which which we're measured in the same way that uh, for the surgeons to separate from being barber surgeons, uh, we wouldn't use that as a yardstick in the 21st century to say um, uh, we need to wait you know, for 100 years or 50 years. Um, and, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic really demonstrated uh, to a much bigger audience, well, much um outside of medicine that we are that we are a specialty in our own right and and i think that really demonstrates that now is the time to for me as well it's very much about the future i think this is really exciting because it's about looking to the future and i work with a lot of different doctors in icm and a lot of other healthcare professional groups in icm and i see that the how they view their their profession and their role is very different from when I came into the specialty and I work with a lot of of doctors and doctors in training who are not an anesthetist by background but I, I kind of look at them and think well they see their professional role as as different from the way I was seeing my professional role at a similar stage in my career and I kind of feel like we owe it to them we owe it to the future people to be able to sort of create something and work towards creating something that they feel properly represents them. So, so I think very strongly that, that we have to hold on to the history of where we've come from and recognise that, but also say, but we're becoming adults now and, and the people that are the future of our specialty are not the people that were in our specialty 30 years ago. I think that from what you said, particularly about the acknowledgement of where we've come from and where we're going, as especially in the UK, I think. So from a trainee perspective, there are a lot of people, myself included, who are not from an anaesthetic background, who I think that really, really resonates with when I saw the announcement. Uh, I was genuinely excited by the announcement because it is it is that professional identity um, for me, you know, I, I identify as an intensivist. I may have come from emergency medicine, but I am an intensivist. And I think within whether it's within a hospital system, within the UK um, public perception, or on a wider on a wider level, there is. I do think since the pandemic, especially, there is that separation in the mindset between intensive care um, and anaesthetics. I wanted to ask though. Do you think the pandemic has it sped up this 
this process at all with, with the attention that it gave to intensive care? I think one of the things about the pandemic was the focus that was placed on intensive care medicine as a specialty because we were delivering so much of, of, of the, the care to the sickest people in, in hospitals. And I think we were very fortunate as the faculty about uh, to have Alison Pittard as dean at the time. And I do want to pay tribute to Alison because she was a fantastically good media communicator and she became the person that um, a lot of a lot of the external organizations, not just the press, but people within the Department of Health and the NHS would go to 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 give a view and to give an external view. And because she did that so well, and because everybody was was looking at our specialty and saying not just are those people delivering, but actually they're a group of of really um, clear thinking, articulate professionals. That totally changed, I think, the perception of, of what our role was in a hospital. So I think I think that was a combination of the circumstances and having people who could communicate very effectively that raised the profile of ICM externally. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question, but whether it's um, sped it up. I, I mean, I don't think the pandemic sped up well, has sped up the will to do it. So in the sense that, Gareth, as you were saying, you, you know, um, you, you see yourself as an intensivist first and foremost. And I think I don't think the pandemic has changed how people perceive themselves if they're an intensivist. So th that's that's just um, as it was. I think the pandemic has will, I hope, make it easier to, to go through this process of becoming a college over a number of years. So uh, I think the, the, it's that perception outside the specialty that's important there. The perception within the specialty comes from us just uh, doing our everyday jobs. Mm. Um, and, and most of the work that we did in the pandemic was a, was a, a sort of massive upscaling of what we do every day anyway. So in that sense, intensive care um, in some ways, it was easier for us in intensive care than it was for some of our uh, colleagues in, say, emergency medicine or respiratory medicine. I mean, I, I think one of the things that was brought home to me was locally at my hospital level. Um, uh, I'm very fortunate that I work with a fantastic group of, of ICM clinicians. And I've known for years that they're great. And I've known for years that they're really good at organising things. And I've known that they can make stuff happen because that's our job, isn't it? But, but within the context, again, of the pandemic and the pandemic organisation, so many of them were absolutely integral to the delivery of services in the hospital, the planning of the response. And, and those skills that are required for ICM transfer so well to lots of other areas of the hospital and I think again that external perception people recognized oh there's a bunch of people who are who are actually really good at logistics who are really good at planning you know who, who are really good at, at, at looking at alternative ways of working and and I think all that helps because you then seen perceived to have a really significant role not just the physical building which has all the scary machines it's about this building is actually you know 
occupied by a, a professional group of people who have really good transferable skills. Um, and one thing that you talked about our our voice. Obviously, if we stayed underneath the, the Royal College of, of Anistas, yes, our our voice is is larger because of the organisation. But I suppose from what you're saying, it, it sounds like if anything, having a, a smaller but growing an independent voice and viewpoint and recognition perhaps is more important than having a larger a larger voice but but sometimes coming through somebody else is that would you is that a, a fair thing to say i think to be honest if you look at the history of, of what's been happening in the medical specialties we're only doing something that's been alluded to already that's happened with the other specialties the surgeon barbers the anaesthetists leaving the college of surgeons emergency medicine becoming a specialty pediatrics becoming a specialty for a long time the pediatricians sat within the royal college of physicians so we're we were on the same path that very many other medical specialties have gone down so there's nothing different or special about it in that respect it's about the maturity of your role within healthcare and you know the place of your specialty and what it offers to healthcare in, in a wider sense so it, it, it isn't around, for me around a strong voice or a weaker voice and what that means it's about recognizing that, that there's been change and that the voice needs to be different because the voice that has spoken very well in the past is is not quite representative of what's happening at present or where the specialty is going in the future and and so it's about recognizing that without disrespecting what's gone on in the past what's gone on in the past was absolutely right for then but everything changes and we have to recognize that and say well we need to move to a place that is more representative of who we are going to be in the future. I mean, if you look at a pro if there's a problem arising and you look at it in a certain way, if you're if you're sitting within um, anesthesia and looking at that problem, you'll see it through the eyes of anesthesia. Um, and in the same way that if if you're an intensivist and you look at that problem, you'll see it through the eyes of intensive care. And there's a, there's a risk then that if you, if your voice is is coming from from the college of anesthesia, then that the solutions that they want to that problem will will come from that they'll want their own solutions, whereas we want our own solutions to a problem. I mean, so I mean, take for example national training numbers. That's a, a classic area of you know, do we want more intensivists? And anybody doing intensive care will say, well, yes, we definitely want more national training numbers. And we know that um, when we our our applications for training are at least two applicants for every place. Uh, so there was there would be there is no difficulty in increasing the number of intensivists. It obviously takes the seven to nine years to come through to a consultant level but there'd be no problem filling those numbers but we're competing in a in a in a in a as a competition for those numbers um and we that's a that's a sort of very sort of uh gritty area of of where we need a stronger voice and that voice needs to be from intensive care and and not of uh, uh not through anesthesia directly they have their own problems and the pandemic has been an absolutely 
you know, extremely difficult for anesthesia, first during the pandemic and then coming out of it and, and this uh, addressing the backlog of surgical cases. And, and they need they need their solution to that. And, and we need our own solution to that. And, and we can help each other, but we're going to see the problem slightly differently.